The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Virginia's governor-elect, Republican Glenn Youngkin, toured the executive mansion and met with its current inhabitant, Democrat Ralph Northam, yesterday. As Ben Pavia reports, Youngkin called the meeting the beginning of a new friendship. Youngkin and his wife shared a private lunch with Northam and the current First Lady. He cast Northam as an ally in a smooth transition. What's most important in a moment like this is to, is to actually have someone who you can call. The former businessman also vowed to be transparent with the press, although he was often elusive on the campaign trail. Crews in Richmond are already setting up for the January inauguration. Youngkin will share the stage with two other Republicans. Jason Meares will be the first Latino to serve as Virginia's attorney general. And Lieutenant Governor-elect Winsome Sears will be the first black woman to hold any statewide office in Virginia. Ben Pavier, VPM News. Incoming Attorney General Jason Meares says his office will focus more on addressing crime. In a press conference captured by CBS 6, Meares took aim at what he called, quote, social justice commonwealth's attorneys. He claimed they go too easy on people accused of crimes. Miara says he'll back legislation that would allow the attorney general to intervene in some cases. If the chief law enforcement officer in a jurisdiction, either the chief of police or the sheriff, makes a request because a commonwealth attorney is not doing their job, then I'm going to do their job for them. Miara's transition team includes former attorney general Ken Cuccinelli, as well as former governors Bob McDonnell and Jim Gilmore. He'll replace Democrat Mark Herring, who's held the office for the last eight years. One of the country's most prominent white nationalist leaders took the stand yesterday in the trial against organizers of the 2017 Unite the Right rally. Attorneys confronted Richard Spencer with evidence they say shows how he helped plan racist, anti-Semitic violence in Charlottesville. Whitney Evans reports. Richard Spencer is the three-piece suit-wearing white nationalist who's credited with creating the term alt-right. He testified Thursday that he does not consider himself a white supremacist or someone who believes white people should rule over other races. However, jurors were presented with a recording of an irate Spencer in the immediate aftermath of the 2017 rally. In it, Spencer unleashes a smattering of racist slurs and railed against the city of Charlottesville, promising to destroy the town. Spencer testified that the audio was embarrassing and represented a, quote, childish and awful version of himself. The trial continues through November 19th. Whitney Evans, VPM News. We'll have a full breakdown of week two of the trial in a few minutes here on the VPM Daily Newscast. Voter participation grew significantly in Virginia's general election this year. More than three million people cast ballots, which is nearly 55 percent of registered voters in the state. According to analysis from the Virginia Public Access Project, there was a 15 percent increase in ballots cast compared to the last governor's race in 2017. State data show the turnout was higher than any other gubernatorial election in Virginia since 1997. This number could go up slightly in the coming days. Mailed absentee ballots postmarked by Election Day can still be counted if they're received by noon today. Petersburg City Councilor John Hart has resigned. 
His departure comes amid allegations that he no longer lives in the area he was elected to serve, a requirement under the city's charter. Prompted by a concerned citizen, the Commonwealth's Attorney's Office launched an investigation. According to the Progress Index, Hart told the office he had moved into his mother's house due to health concerns. Hart will still receive $1,800 per month, along with benefits, until his council term ends in December of 2022. Hart was first elected to the city council in 2014. As we mentioned before, it's week two of the month-long trial against white nationalists who planned the 2017 Unite the Right rally. VPM's legal reporter Whitney Evans has been following the hearings closely. She spoke with VPM's newscast editor Sarah McCluskey about what's been happening. Whitney, can you break down where we're at with the trial? This week, we heard testimony from plaintiffs and defendants in the case. Again, the plaintiffs here are nine current and former Charlottesville residents who were injured during the Unite the Right rally in August of 2017. The defendants are more than 20 white nationalist and far-right groups who organized the event. Testimony has been marked by defendants digressing into conspiracy theories and blaming counter-protesters on the left for the violence in Charlottesville. Plaintiff's attorneys have presented evidence through depositions, leaked online chats, and letters that show organizers had violent intentions. We heard testimony from the first expert to take the stand. Plaintiffs asked Deborah Lipstadt, a professor of modern Jewish history and Holocaust studies at Emory College, to examine the evidence for Nazi symbolism. Now, what did this expert find and how is this expected to impact the case? Lipstadt said she was surprised by the scope of overt anti-Semitism and glorification of Hitler and the Third Reich. But to be clear, a passive listener of the proceedings could come to that conclusion. We've heard a lot of vile and racist language throughout the trial, and defendants have been clear about their regard for Hitler. But remember, this case is not about whether those groups are racist, right? It's about whether they plan to commit violent acts in Charlottesville. Lipstadt wasn't asked her opinion on that alleged conspiracy. So what evidence do the attorneys for the Charlottesville residents have to prove their claim? They're making a strong case that the shields and the flags that far-right groups brought to the rally were actually intended to be used as weapons, not protection, as many of the defendants have claimed. We heard depositions from an ex-girlfriend of defendant Elliot Klein, the former head of neo-Nazi group Identity Europa. She said that was a tactic, bring items that could be used as a weapon, but that could be argued are for self-defense. She recalled conversations between defendants about whether it was legal to drive a car into protesters if they were were blocking the road. Elliot Klein's video deposition was played. In it, he's confronted by plaintiffs' attorneys about old online chats where he brags about roughing up liberals several times a week and giving 12 stitches to a quote Antifa. Klein, who has refused to participate in the trial, responded that all of his statements about injuring other people were just a joke. We're only halfway through the trial, but how difficult of a job do you think it's going to be for jurors to sift through which statements are, as the defendants say, intended as jokes and those that are actual plans to commit violence? One thing we have to remember is that this is a civil trial, not a criminal trial. So jurors will have to find a preponderance of the evidence that there was a conspiracy to commit racially motivated violence and not the higher bar of beyond reasonable doubt required in criminal trials. Again, the plaintiffs are asking for unspecified money damages in an effort to essentially bankrupt these groups. And they're asking the judge to bar the groups from participating in these activities moving forward. We'll see plenty more evidence to help jurors come to their conclusion in the coming weeks. All right, Whitney, thanks for covering all this. Thanks for having me. 
That was VPM's legal reporter, Whitney Evans, speaking with our editor, Sarah McCluskey, about the ongoing trial involving organizers of the Unite the Right rally. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. This newscast was recorded on Thursday, November 4th at 6 p.m. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org slash news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at myvpm. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.